I'm uh, welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And we are moving from our discussion of Batman the Cult to Punisher POV, which is also written by Jim Starlin, drawn by Bernie Wrightson, and colored by Bill Ray. So, Amir, I have this. I, I don't think we talked about this before on the pod. When I read a brand new comic that I've never read before, and I have no idea what I'm going to read, really, it's like one of the great pleasures in life. Because, like, you read the story and you have no idea what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so as, like, the first issue of this story played itself out, I just sat there and just enjoyed it. Let it all kind of wash over me. And I really had a wonderful time reading this. It's a completely dark story, really kind of screwed up. Interesting how it's um, kind of sort of feels like a sequel to Batman the Cult. But um, this is just a really enjoyable story. Yeah, I mean, maybe uh, can you maybe we can go over the background on this. And this is actually something that you found with your research that this was technically a sequel to Batman Cult, which what we we talked about the last three times, last three weeks, last four weeks, right? Last four, yeah, last four episodes. Yes, yeah, so um, apparently Batman the Cult was the best-selling book at DC Comics the year it was released. I'm going to guess it was probably the in terms of financial return because it was $4.95 or something per issue. Um, and so, of course, Wrightson and Starlin pitched a sequel to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh dc tentatively gave the green light and then they made a decision they wanted rights and to go back to do a swamp thing book which he had been uh hyped to do for actually a few years before that and which um you know dc always wanted to have him work on there was actually a mention of rights and doing a, a um swamp thing book in one of the amazing heroes preview specials so it got far enough for them to, to hype it um, regardless, eventually, Wrightson decided he wasn't going to do a Swamp Thing story, and DC decided they were not weren't, wouldn't take a sequel to Batman the Cult. So Wrightson and Starlin re-jiggered re, uh, the storyline, pitched it to Marvel, and Marvel jumped at it, and it became Punisher POV. Mm -hmm. Pretty incredible stuff, how these things... I love those types of stories. They're like, they just take one story and then they they take it somewhere else or even like they start their own like self-published or some type of thing. Yeah, that's a lot of what the early image stuff was. It was, you know, material that, that guys have been creating on their own or have been rejected by various companies and they and then they decide to put it out themselves. It's kind of relevant because this is from 1991, which is about the time the image guys were at least talking about leaving. It was late 1991 when they really came together and created Image Comics as we know it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was November 91 when they met up in New York City uh, mm. at the Sotheby's auction. So um, this really fits in that time frame from that standpoint, too. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. What did you think of this comic? Um, I liked it for the art and the craft and what i also really enjoyed about it is the background thank you for you know giving that background because looking through it and like which parts were batman like how did they change batman to punisher mm -hmm. i really like it. first of all i love the cover it's like a kind of like a cartoony you could even see the cover 
maybe show up in Mad Magazine. It's a little cartoony, like Punisher, which is kind of cool. Um, and I love the art, um, especially like when there's like, uh, when there's a, first of all, like, I definitely see why Wrightson wants to work with Starlin because Wrightson definitely has the talent for like monstery looking characters. And the villain in this one is a monster. Essentially, kind of looks like the swamp thing except with flesh instead of swamp mm -hmm. and then um i just what i enjoyed about it is looking and seeing how they changed the characters from batman to punisher and then also um how batman and punisher are the same and how a conservative you know, like authoritarian writer or somebody who's who has got that bent can really work with these two characters, especially Punisher, but both Batman and you know, it's um and and a lot of ways it made me think about how like Batman needs to be loosened up a little bit with the violence. He would work better as a character. Loosened up in terms of like carrying guns and stuff, like yeah, it carrying guns, be more violent, you know. Because this yeah. is a little more un uninhibited, right? Yeah. And there, there's already a decent body count here from the villains and from the Punisher. Yeah. I mean, one thing I liked about it, there was a obviously the characters are pretty much two hippies who were arrested in '75 and they got let go in 1990. And they're like supposed like left wing, you know, right like far left like terrorists. And now they get out of jail and they want to do some more terrorism. And what what was kind of interesting to me is the first scene you see with the Punisher is he blows up and kills a bunch of mobsters. And the first action the two um, terrorists take is blow up a bank so what you would say is they're like uh, the punisher kills people in like organized crime mm -hmm. and the uh the hippies or the two revolutionaries kill two legal kind of people that that you would look down on so they're almost like mirrors of one another oh yeah right and then you got the capitalist bank owner and the hippies extorting him for his money I was really struck by the fact that hippies were kind of betraying their some of their values. They become yeah, but they're not really they're not really hippies. They're they're just using excuses to kill people. Yeah, because they're but, really happy to live in that penthouse that they end up blowing up. Because, oh yeah, 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 you know they they want to live the life of luxury. Yeah, you get the impression these are just these were just trend followers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and the fact of the matter is, but it was interesting to me that like it's almost a mirror image of the way the Punisher kills people and these two kill people. Mm -hmm. I'll go on with that. Um, I just thought that like, you know, it was just they're showing the violence, you know, like they're both violent and Punisher does just as bad as, you know, he's killing people. I mean, sure, they're bad people. And the people that the these Zeke and whoever kill are bad people too, but they're just not like criminals. Right. Well, yeah, the, the there's not that much difference between the guy who owns the bank 
mm-hmm. who's you know willing to to keep people starving or especially the chemical plant owner who's probably going to eventually get his revenge in the end who dumps you know sewage into the sewers and causes yeah. the mutation like they really are just two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. and the funny thing is uh, the chemical plant owner who ends up being like is it zeke or wayne waynesworth or something waynesworth One yeah interesting waynesworth. choice of names waynesworth oh that's right interesting i never thought of that wayne like he uh oh my god that's like so he's actually um he used in the batman book he was going to be commissioner gordon right yeah i think so but waynesworth is interesting because it's father and son what if uh you know wayne's son becomes a hippie revolutionary yeah right yeah what if what if one of the robins becomes a a revolutionary becomes Mm -hmm. a a liberal who fights for his own side of things but in the end he's just as violent as he was as his stepdad was Mm -hmm. no just dad i mean Wayne's yeah, in this case, oh, his dad. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking of Batman right, terms right. of his stepdad, right? Or right. No, adopted dad. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I see where you're Because I was just thinking, Commissioner, he looks a lot like, Waynesworth looks a lot like Commissioner Gordon. And again, background on this, on that character is that uh, one of the revolutionaries, his father is, uh, is in charge of this pharma type of a company that does experiments on chemicals to try to enhance human almost kind of like the weapon x in marvel yeah um they could have just put that in here actually so he's in charge of that and then just by circumstance his son gets exposed to it after he's blown up and then now he wants to experience one of his son and he's a rich guy and he's involved and he looks awfully like a lot like Commissioner Gordon. So I'm assuming he was going to be Commissioner Gordon in the Batman book. Yeah, which makes me wonder like how the character would have been different in that mm-hmm. book. Because obviously he's not going to be this evil character. Commissioner right. Gordon's the the force of good, right? The incorruptible well, lifelong cop. If you think about this character, I mean, he's not good, but he's not evil either. I don't think, I think he, He's going to end up working with the Punisher because he'll, uh, he ends up going to the uh, Kingpin for help. Right. He's going to blackmail him. Yeah. Right. I actually felt bad for poor Deke. It's like one terrible thing after another after another happens to him. Mm. You know, he gets out of jail. He's going to commit his crimes. He's going to be happy enough to commit his crimes. And then they accidentally blow up the penthouse. And then he accidentally gets doused in chemicals. And then he ends up kind of going crazy. He gets attacked by the, the folks in the sewers. And they start attacking people around the city. Mm-hmm. And then Brightson just draws the hell out of that character, too. We, mm-hmm. we, we always tend to focus on plot, but like there's some real genuine spooks in this issue. That mm-hmm. scene where he where a Deke is carrying Zonker's head. Um, so about page tw- 10 or 12 here mm-hmm. is like really freaking spooky like his face is covered in welts and stuff got the disembodied head he's carrying around it's all so sick and perverse it looks like a 
like a Jim Starlin drawing, even though it's it's a little bit fanzine-ish. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the 80s black and white fanzine-ish type of thing. And a couple pages later, there's that giant rat that jumps out at the guys in the sewers. It's like legit oh, yeah, yeah. scary and, and just weird. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's the word for this issue. It just feels weird in that kind of eerie sense, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, this story also, this character also reminds me of like the inverse of, you know, that movie Dark Man? Yeah. That came out around the same time. And in fact, the comic book came around the same time too. It's like a toxic Avenger kind of character or something. Yeah. Or Dark Man. And then there's this whole idea that this creature's a vampire attacking people. And I like mm-hmm. the little bits of characterization Starlin throws in for these characters. Like towards the end when he attacks the when uh Deke attacks the pregnant woman. And like yeah. I was like legit scared for her. Like, are they gonna kill the this pregnant woman, the baby? And instead, like he he chews her neck and or chews her arm rather. Mm-hmm. And there's all this kind of stuff about her getting uh, attacked and stuff. And then that leads to the other character who will probably see more of, which is that, that crazy man. Yeah, what's that all about? Who thinks he's a vampire hunter and ends up killing his mom. Yeah, it's crazy. That's like also legit spooky too. And we see the mom crucified there on the floor. It's like, what mm-hmm. the fuck am I seeing, right? Yeah. It's uh it's interesting. I don't know what Starlin is trying to say, but you got like three quote unquote vigilantes, right? You got the extreme extreme one, which is Zeke. Then you got the fat dude who's trying to kill the bad guy, but he also kills innocent people. And then you got Punisher who, because he's a superhero in the Marvel universe, he only kills bad people, but they're all killers and they're all vigilantes and they're all serial killers. They're all outside the law. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be, someone's going to be allied with the Kingpin too, who's kind of an anti-hero. Yeah. Just a lot of bad guys. Everybody's a bad guy in this comic. Yeah, that's the thing about it, right? There's no brightness in this, which is not that different from the cult. Mm-hmm. The cult yeah. is, like we were talking last time, the cult is such a dark, dark comic. Yeah, I mean, the cult had positive characters like i'm assuming if this was going to be batman actually they kind of opened up the their they became a little bit more free by using the punisher because if it was the cult you have actually good people like robin wouldn't have any negative attributes right except mm-hmm. his shorts <laughs> and his little booties his, his daisy Mm-hmm. That was that would be his only irredeemable quality, the way on the Daisy Dukes. But but I think with the Punisher, it's like everybody is just a scumbag, including the Punisher. And in fact, the Punisher made a mistake. He opted not to quote unquote kill Zeke and you know the other guy because he's like, oh, they probably that's not my biggest catch. I'm gonna wait till like big one comes. I want to kill all of them, you know. Mm-hmm. He let them go, even though he knew they were like, you know. To get a bigger fish, to catch a bigger fish, so to say, so to well, say. He, yeah, he's still riding the euphoria of attacking that other drug dealer and blowing up his factory. Yeah, yeah his hard on hasn't subsided yet. 
God, yeah, that explosion which I have behind me, right? That is like the ultimate uh, like, oh, relief, so the ultimate money shot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The Punisher is, I noticed that I was reading, it, this was also um, um, edited by Carl Potts, mm -hmm. who was the Punisher. He wrote the Punisher War Journal with Jim Lee on art for a while, right? Right, yeah. And so he knows a lot about the Punisher, but it doesn't seem, do you think that this is in line with the other character? The characterization of Punisher in the comic, pretty much. I, gotta admit, I haven't read that much Punisher. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I think so. I mean, I've read some of that War Journal stuff. Uh, it's not as violent as this, but yeah, he's a killer. But this is outside the normal DC yeah. or Marvel stuff too, right? This is, you know, by definition, going to be more violent. I think. Yeah. Yeah. As it's always, the, the nature of the work. The coloring here is not as cool as Batman called, in my opinion, except when it's in the sewers. Is this um, on the same like, paper as Cult? Mm, no, not the issues. No, was wasn't Cult on the on the glossy paper? You said. Yeah, Cult was glossy. Yeah. So I was going to ask you if it felt like this was too dark. There's scenes like when it the, feels like too dark to me. Hmm. It's hard to tell what's happening. Oh, I liked it. I like it. I think it's really, honestly, I think the art here is more by the books than the cult is. What do you mean by that? It's almost like toned down rights in. And I wonder if it's because of Marvel trying to like make it more readable as opposed to flashy. He's not doing the same storytelling tricks. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have like yeah. the camera sitting still and having different faces uh, throughout it, things like right. that. Right. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I feel like it's uh, writes in through the lens of Marvel. Yeah. Where it's just and, like, there's more attention to telling the story cleanly and then telling it in like the slick way. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm feeling that. There is a really cool page. I don't know what page it is, but it's the one where Wayneworth visits uh, the two pages that Wayneworth is visiting the uh, kingpin. And the coloring, it's so similar to this artist that I like, uh, Francisco Francovia. It's like oh, yeah. orange, and yellow, and I love that coloring. I don't know. I think Bill Ray is my favorite, the favorite part of these books when he's allowed to color it properly. The Kingpin pages even look a little bit like the Frank Miller pages or Frank Miller's Daredevil pages. It's a mm. nice derivative feel to them. Yeah, the, the, I think that might be the flashiest section of the book from an artistic standpoint because there's yeah. like the close-up of the Kingpin blowing his smoke rings. Right, right. The, the, all the black, uh, what is it, the black line? He's completely saturated in the black. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably the same tower as Miller used in Daredevil too. It is a lot like Frank Miller, Eduardo Risso type of drawings. Oh, Eduardo Risso's a great comp. Yeah, I think it's more Risso than Frank Avia. Well, the coloring is Frank Avia with oranges and yellows. Yeah. 
That just shows the, the influence Wrightson had on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it's also Bill Ray's coloring. I think I don't know where it starts and ends. We got to find like more stuff color. colored by Bill Ray, dude. I, I'm really impressed by his work on these five or six comics we read that he's colored now. Yeah. I want to seek out more coloring jobs that he did. I'm going to look it up. Uh, weird thing you probably didn't pick up on. The uh, the hippie characters have names that are variations of characters from the Doonesbury comic strip. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Because there's a character named uh, Zeke and Zonker. Is it Zonker? Yeah. Zonker, yeah. Who's uh, Doonesbury's kind of hippie buddy. Oh, okay. I'm looking him up. Yeah, he's blonde too yeah so it's like a little bit of like this kind of little bit of an in joke that i think people at the time would have really gotten Mm. oh wow that's interesting it's a really popular strip right and so like a little bit in there like the satire of oh these these hippie characters who would have who uh kind of changed their their lives had changed in the same way the dunesbury characters have changed oh you know uh the one character is Derek Waincroft. His name is Deke and Barry Zonkers. So it's a combination of the two is Zeke. Yeah. Oh, no. oh okay. Oh, interesting. Who's a... Uh, what's the character? There's no, that- there's no equivalent in the Black character, really. Oh, okay. oh, I wonder wow. if there's a little bit of a touch of that. Stereotypical, unfocused, confused, hippie character in Gary Trudeau's comic strip, Doonesbury. Zonker Harris. Ah, interesting. That's really interesting. It's just the kind of thing you can imagine someone like Starlin doing on purpose too. Just as a just a tiny little bit of bit of humor. Mm-hmm. A little bit of satire. So do you think Punisher's gonna get choked to death in the end? Do you think he's gonna somehow recover? Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going to see him getting choked for the next three issues. And then he'll he'll have these crazy flashbacks and the terror sequences like we saw with Batman. Mm. (laughs) I got to say, too, so it's, you know, October 1st or October 2nd today. I read this October 1st. Started watching my uh, horror movies like I like to watch every Halloween. And this is like a great comic to read. In my in kind of part of my October uh, horror mm. times, like oh, it's a nice blend of horror and and uh, superhero stuff. I thought, but it's not oh. really superhero stuff. I'd say it's more like urban horror. Yeah, urban horror crime. Yeah, urban horror and crime. Yeah, because you know there the characters are getting deformed and grotesque, and everyone's so dark and evil and nasty. Like it feels. Yeah. It feels like uh, the the first 20 minutes of a, a contemporary horror movie from that time mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would watch that movie and have a great time watching it. You know, something that would be like uh, one of those late night uh, horror movies that comes on cable or would come on cable back in that time frame. You know, the midnight movie on HBO or mm-hmm. Showtime or something. I may have to start watching some horror movies and actually read some horror comics. I don't have too much of them for Halloween. Yeah, I decided this year I'm going to really binge on them. Mm-hmm. I watched the original Dracula last night. 
Oh, with Bella Lugosi? With Bella Lugosi, yeah. It's interesting. I I think I saw it last when I was in high school or something. We're going off on a big oh. tangent. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It's very kind well, of stagey and stuff. It's from 1931. Well, the, the character here is called a vampire, the bat. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see if the fearless vampire hunter comes through and, and kills him or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really intrigued by that character, too. Like, we don't really have anyone like that in the cult, you know, who's this kind of completely crazy man who seems to just be completely delusional and, and you know, ready to be thrown in an insane asylum. Like, we talk about who's in and out of asylums. Like, he's going to be this X element that kind of, I think, is going to throw everything up into the air. Yeah, I yeah. I wonder if he's gonna be there the next issue to like shoot the vampire, and then there's gonna be like a love triangle between the three, <laughs> <laughs> a violent love triangle. Because what's Punisher gonna think of him, right? He's just like another, a slightly crazier version of him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so interested in reading issue two now. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. So overall, I think this is. Maybe not quite as brilliant as the cult number one one, but I still really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Oh, thank you.